0: Hello and welcome to the One Foot Woman Podcast. I'm your coach Aileen and today is episode 14. Hello and welcome. Thank you for tuning in. I hope by the end of this podcast you'll get some useful tips and advice that will help you on your journey. So maybe you're in a coaching program with me or perhaps you have decided to start something on your own. Um, especially This is especially for people that have just started or maybe are a few weeks or a month in. So what to do if you are a few weeks in and you feel like nothing has changed? So first of all, the question is, has nothing changed? Sometimes people will reach out and say, "Um, I feel like it's not working for me. Um, I haven't lost any weight. Um, I don't know what to do. Like, what should I change? When they send over their their starting weight and their weight now, it's actually less, but it's maybe not as much as they would have liked it to go down, and they say, I haven't lost any weight. So first of all, we need to actually make sure that nothing has changed. If that has happened to you, and it's just not as much weight as you would have liked, if you have actually lost scale weight over a three, four week period, then you're on the right track. And depending on how much weight you have to lose, you will lose more or less, over the period of time. So if you've got 20 kilos to lose, then you might lose weight a little bit faster than somebody that's got three or four, okay? So it's all relative, so we need to consider that. Have you been taking photos and measurements? Scale weight alone does not give the whole picture. As I talk about a lot in in my previous podcasts, scale weight is not the only measure of progress. Scale weight goes up and down on a daily basis. So if you're going from day to day or week to week, so not too much time, and you're only using the scale as a measure, then you may find that it's actually not giving you the whole picture. So we want to make sure that we are also taking photos and taking measurements as well, because there are many things that can mask a reduction on the scale. And for women, particularly, during your cycle there are a couple of times throughout the month where this may increase um, and mask a fat loss result that we have had or a scale weight reduction. Um, Taking photos is really important as well because especially if you don't have a lot of weight to lose because you the scale probably won't change significantly, but your body composition might, but you won't know that unless you take the photos. And when we're used to seeing ourselves all the time, looking in the mirror, especially in the early days, we can't always notice anything that's happening. And also taking measurements as well. So sometimes our measurements may change and sometimes the scale doesn't. This isn't always the case, and remember everybody's different, but that's why we take regular photos, regular measurements, and our scale weight regularly. If you are somebody that jumps on the scale one day and it says 70 kilos, and you jump on the next and it says 71, that is not a sign to change anything. And I know a lot of people have done this where they've jumped on the scale, it says 70. The next day it says 71. And then they change their eating habits That overnight. They're like, oh no, I need to eat less because the scale's gone up. Like they're worried about that. They feel like, oh no, I've gained weight. It doesn't work like that. You don't, um, You don't gain body fat overnight. You don't gain body fat in a really short period of time. And you also don't lose weight. It doesn't show up. In, in such a short period. So we need to remember to try to maintain our consistency with what we're doing, to actually see if what we're doing is working for us. If we're changing things from day to day because we've jumped on the scale, and we're using that as an indication as to whether or not something's working, we're never gonna get our result, we're never gonna get anywhere because there's no consistency with that. So we need to make sure that that is not something that we think is normal and something that we should be doing. So, Um, Next, we want to, so before, if someone checks in with me and says, um, shall I reduce my calories because nothing's changed and maybe it's only been one week or two weeks or even longer, I, I will not change anything because we need to make sure that, or we need to look at adherence. So are you consistently tracking every meal, getting your steps in, getting your workouts in, hitting your protein target and doing things like this? So if you can say 100% yes, I have stayed within my calories, I have done this, this, and this, then maybe we can um, look at maybe changing things further down the line. And that wouldn't happen until three weeks of absolute 100% consistency. If you're not having 100% consistency, then there's no need or there's no point to change anything because you're unable to adhere to what you need to do already. So it just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Um, Sometimes people say, yep, I've been completely on track, Um, I've been adherent, I've been consistent, and nothing's changed. And then when we dig a little bit deeper, they may believe that and think that, um, and they've put in a lot of effort, um, and they've done what they can to the best of their knowledge and ability. But when we dig a bit deeper, And it's different for everybody. Some people don't track on weekends because they don't think that they need to. And then straight away, that's like, oh, okay, no, you actually have to track. If you're going to track seven days a week, you can't just have a day off where you're like, oh, I'm just having a free-for-all day because I was so good over six days. That one day could be what's taking you over your calories. And I can't be in a position to say, oh, you only didn't track on one day. Yeah, let's bring your calories down because you haven't had a result. It's probably that one day where it's taken you out of a deficit and maybe you've maintained your weight. So as I said it's not always about um we always want to look at adherence and even if people feel that they are 100% staying on track as a coach we don't assume that they're making up stories or lying or anything like that we want to try and work out with them what it is that they are doing that is not that they're not meeting their targets basically so things like um cooking with oils and not tracking them, condiments not tracking them, um, drinks that they're having out not tracking them, passing the fridge and having like little nibbles and bites, that can actually add up to a surplus of 300 calories a day just by having a little bit here and there, snacking on your children's food after they've finished and and these sorts of things because you don't want to throw stuff in the bin. Um, And also inaccuracy with tracking. So raw versus cooked food, if you are weighing, if you are weighing something raw and then inputting it cooked, or vice versa, that will have a different um, energy amount for the food. So, raw pasta is much smaller in size than cooked pasta. So, if we're weighing 100 grams of raw pasta and we're inputting it as 100 grams of cooked pasta. That is going to show up significantly different calories so things like this we need to make sure also serving sizes so you might buy a packet of i don't know let's say you have a packet of crisps you look on the back you say it says 150 calories so you're like okay so you eat the whole packet You your you open my fitness pal. It comes up as a serving size, so you eat the serving size. But that packet contained two servings, but you didn't you weren't you didn't see it on the small print. So you, instead of eating 150 calories, it was 300, and you have a packet of calorie uh, calories, a packet of crisps every day of your lunch. And by the end of the week, you've over over the course of the week, you've eaten an extra 300 calories each day, um, which is going to add up to around is it 2100 calories something along those lines so we just need to be careful about serving sizes as well and these are all things that um you learn as you go so but being able to just double check certain things like that and now i've said it hopefully you'll be able to go oh yeah i do i do when i walk past the fridge sometimes grab you know if i've cooked dinner and there's a extra sausage on the side sometimes i will just have it and then i'll just forget and I'll, i'll think i'll add that and i won't also tracking retrospectively so Um, you get to the end of the day or even you miss a day and then you're like, oh, I really want to track what I ate and you're like, right, I had this and I had that. You'll always probably forget something that you've had and then that will lead to inaccuracies. Um, For tracking, it is far better just to when you're in the evening, relaxing on the sofa, in bed in the evening, just to quickly input what you plan on having the next day so that you can um, stick to that or make changes as you go, but you have an idea of what's going to happen rather than always trying to do it retrospectively. Also, sometimes um, people will start to guesstimate too early on. So they'll start to eyeball portions because maybe they've had a week where they've eaten similar food every day and they're like, oh, look, I know that if I have... Uh, a chicken breast with uh, this amount of pasta and this this and this and they just go for a little bit more ease and they don't accurately track or measure and weigh their portions properly so trying to eyeball and guesstimate portion sizes too early on it's really really difficult Um, for me somebody that has been weighing and measuring food and been around doing this sort of thing for close to 15 years if I don't weigh and measure food, then I can't guess the portions always. It's just the, the size just sort of goes out of your mind and then the portions start to get bigger and bigger and you still think you're sticking to the same thing. So when we talk about adherence and consistency, we just need to say, right, okay, have I actually tracked everything? Because sometimes people will say that they've tracked everything but they haven't weighed and measured everything as well. So we need to make sure that all of the components are coming together to work towards getting our results. Okay, so yeah, so basically, as a coach, we wouldn't look at changing anything. And sometimes, if somebody is struggling to stick to the calories that they've got, then we may even in the early days increase their calories so that they have a little bit more food freedom and they can get used to building the habits and behaviors needed to get the long-term result. So if somebody's on 1600 calories and they're struggling to make all of their meals out of that because it's just all completely new to them, they're not having enough uh, volume from vegetables, they're unable to meet the protein requirement, they're still in some of their older habits where maybe carbohydrates are higher or um, they're not consuming adequate vegetables and protein then we might increase the calories but try to get them consistently tracking on a higher number which sometimes can be easier because there's more food choice and then you can bring it down so you can say okay well how how about instead of having um 150 grams of potato tonight you have 120 instead of having 60 grams of oats tomorrow, you will have 50 and slowly just making a few changes Which often um, can work for some people. Everybody is completely different. Not everybody needs to do that But we need to work at consistency um, and adherence So if you look at dieting as a skill, this can make it easier for you if you think like this so having the mindset of learning and practicing the skills or the skill of dieting so if we want to learn a new skill, riding, bike, driving, literally anything, we will have to learn it in one way or another. So I had a job many years ago, probably one of my first jobs ever, ever, ever. Um, I think it was like a experience thing, work experience. And I had to photocopy all, the, all of these papers. And then at the end, the lady had said, then you need to cut it all in half and then get it ready for this meeting. So I was like, oh, feeling like super confident on my first day. Um, I'd I'd been around this sort of thing. My mum worked in a solicitor's office growing up, so I was always photocopying stuff and doing it, and I was like, I can do this easy peasy. And I actually used the guillotine with all of the papers, and and the the top maybe two sheets were cut perfectly, and all of the rest had moved, and I'd cut through everything. And I had to then throw it all away or put it in the recycling thing and um, do it all again. So from this experience, I could have really seen that as a failure, Um, But instead, I learned something, and the next time I did it, I did it perfectly. I didn't use so much paper. Um, I checked that everything was neatly lined up, and I improved. And this is kind of the process of of dieting. When we do something that we maybe think, oh, I failed at that. I think I'm going to just go back to my old habits. I'm going to completely stop because I can't do this. We should look at what we've done and be like, okay, how can I improve this? What kind of what strategy can I put in place so that this doesn't happen next time? So dieting can be hard, can be challenging, can be annoying, tiring, and overwhelming at times, particularly in the beginning. There are days you don't hit your targets or goals. There are days that you can't quite hit your steps. Um, there are days where you'll have the urge to eat something that you don't think is in line with your goals, and then you just completely throw the whole day out the window, and maybe days after that as well none of these should be reasons to completely stop they these things are giving you the answers on how you can keep moving forward but only if you see these movements these moments as feedback and not failure so some examples are i always eat my children's um my children's leftover food and it's stopping me from staying on track but i don't want to throw it in the bin so I, i eat it um in this situation you could say So a strategy for this could be like, could I actually give my child a smaller portion? Am I actually making them a larger portion because I feel like I want to eat the leftovers um, or I'm in the habit of doing that? Could I make their lunch and then wrap half up and maybe they can have it tomorrow and if they want it now, they can have it. So you're not putting it out there on the plate and then saying, oh, I don't want to throw it in the bin and it's been sitting on the plate for an hour while my kids have been picking at it, so I can't save it now. Um, Or maybe having some, if you're always genuinely hungry at that time, actually making yourself a meal to have at the same time or having some fruits, whatever works so that you are not eating random um, food from your child's plate. Perhaps you've had a tough day at work or at home and it comes to the end of the day and you literally just couldn't think of anything healthy to eat, so you just ordered a takeaway. In this situation, a strategy might be like, Would planning my meals for the week ahead avoid me having to make one more decision after a busy day? Perhaps you're really good during the week and then it all goes out of the window at the weekend. Something that you might want to think about is, have I been too restrictive during the week? Could I allow more, some more of the foods I like each day to avoid this? So, or could planning ahead for the weekend be an option? There are lots of different things that come up and sometimes we can't see a way around the obstacle. Or see these things as useful experience and feedback that we can use to improve. It should never be a reason to stop. But if we actually just sit down and think, okay, so I always do this. Or I did that and I want to avoid that in the future. What could I implement? And often, we're, we're like I said, we're unable to see a way around it. Um, and reaching out to me, your coach, or just reaching out and asking me a question about a situation that you're having, usually I will be able to offer advice based on my education and experience that will give you simple tips to overcome Um, the obstacle that you're facing and keep moving forward so our process goals these are the things that are 100% controllable by you they're the things that you need to do consistently over time to meet a goal so consistency is the quality of staying the same at different times Um, so I really like this what is the word Um, it's not a quote I'm not gonna anyway consistency is the quality of staying the same at different times. Perhaps it is called a quote. Um, And what that means is that if you get into your head that no matter what's happening, if I'm having a busy day, um, if I'm a little bit tired, if I've got something, an event going on, can I stay the same regardless of the situation that's happening? Because you know there are always going to be things coming up. There's always going to be a holiday. There's always going to be a birthday. Often going to have times where we're really really busy. Can we just say that no, no matter what comes up, I am going to maintain the habits and behaviours that I need to work towards my goals, rather than saying I've had such I'm having such a busy day. I'm just going to get in and do this. Whereas if you've already planned ahead, then you will just get in and do what you. You will just have the meal that you have planned. So we're always trying to stay the same at different times because the times are always going to be changing. Um, And in particular, the times that we are challenged to do the things, that's really when it's important to have that quality of trying to stay the same. So, yes, there will be times when you have just had such a a rough day or there's a lot going on um, or you're, you know, experiencing a breakup or a bereavement and at certain times yes you won't want to be like nope i need to 100 percent stay on track with this and add maybe more stress than you need to to a current situation so th- obviously there is a little bit of flexibility with that as well just wanted to put that in there so process goals if you have a health fitness weight loss goal would be going to the gym and doing a workout so that would be one of the things that you need to do consistently to reach your goal going for a walk, so getting in your daily steps, writing down your meal plan for the week, so the foods that you're going to have throughout the week. Maybe it's meditating so that you can stay focused and calm and have clarity. Um, staying within your calorie targets and hitting your protein targets. So these are some of the things that would be process goals for somebody that has a fat loss or a fat loss goal or wants to improve um, their health or fitness. You. Process goals are the things that you're going to need to tick the box off to say that you've done over the course of the week. Things like calories and hitting protein targets will be things that you need to do each day. And this really helps to bring our attention back from the end goal to the daily habits and behaviors that we're building that are going to get us long-term results or even get us towards our results. So we always need to say each day, okay, at the end of the day, did I hit my protein target? Did I track my calories and stay within my calories. Maybe you're not tracking. Did I have uh, vegetables every meal? Did I consume uh, three to five servings of protein today? Um, Did I get my walk in? And if we can sit in bed and go in the evening and go, I, I could have gone for a walk after work, but I just wanted to watch telly or whatever it is, that means that we didn't hit that goal on that day. So we just need to make sure that we're being consistent with them over the course of the week. And this is a great way to be able to look and see if we're doing that by breaking it down into these small process goals that lead to the long-term ultimate goal that you have. We also want to make sure that we are um, feeling challenged with our workouts. So moving on now. So if you're somebody that is maybe new to exercise, new to lifting weights, and you are still under the impression that if you increase the amount of weights that you're lifting, that you might end up getting big and bulky, and you don't want that. You're a little bit um, apprehensive or even scared to do that. So you just stay with the same weights that you've got. So maybe they're uh, some smaller weights, and even when you're doing them, you feel like they're not really challenging you, but you're still too scared to, or too apprehensive to, to buy bigger weights or train with heavier weights. When we are doing our workouts, we need to feel challenged. We need to be able to stimulate our muscles in a way that is gonna um, create a response that is gonna enable them to grow. Muscles do not grow quickly. <laughs> they, they, they just don't. It's like a really, really long-term um, thing that needs to happen and be built upon over months and years. If you want to get like bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and you have to also be consuming a surplus of energy in order to grow your muscles. If you are somebody that is um, carrying extra energy, which is um, what body fat is body fat is stored energy then you and you're also in a negative energy balance so you're looking for fat loss and you're consuming less calories than you need to maintain your body weight then you're in such an amazing position because you've got the energy to build muscle but you're also in a deficit so you're losing body fat so you're not going to your muscles aren't going to grow really 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 big but you're going to be able to actually build some muscle so it's when you're new to exercise it is literally the perfect environment to get amazing results so what you want to make sure is that when you're lifting your weights you're challenging yourself so by the time you get to the last repetition you shouldn't be able to do another one or one or two more really that's the range that you want to be at if you get to the end of 12 reps and you feel like you could do another 20 that weight is far 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 too light for you and you really need to um, purchase uh, bigger weights if you're training at home or and and they're an investment you can always um, sell them one day weights last forever they're, they're really sturdy or if you're at the gym then look at increasing your weights but don't just be pumping out 20 reps, and then still feeling like you could do another 20, but you don't because, like, who does 40 bicep curls? You want to make sure that you are training with an adequate uh, amount of weight for the goal that you have. Again, if you get to 12 reps and you feel like, oh, I could push to 15, and that's enough for you, then that's fine. Um, and people will always say, well, how much weight should I be lifting? And that's completely um, dependent on, on you and your strength. You know, some people might start off with, a one kilo dumbbell and then move to two and then three. And you'll probably find that in the early days, if you're consistently following a programme, your your strength will probably grow quite quickly. So you might start with two kilos because you don't want to get... or you because you'll probably end up getting muscle soreness, which happens in the first one or two weeks of a new programme if you have not been training before. But then once that passes and that feeling goes, you'll find that and your confidence grows you'll be like oh actually this is really light for me it feels like nothing and then that means that you need to increase the weight you can increase the repetitions if you are feeling that you are um getting failure at the end so you're you've got to like 15 repetitions and um that's enough then you can stop there but if you're getting to 15 repetitions and the weight is just simply too light you need to look at uh, buying more weights i said that like 10 times, sorry. Or um, you might use some different training protocols. So you could be, um, if it's a bicep curl, for example, you might do uh, one repetition and then bring it down halfway and then bring it up and adding pauses and adding pulses. If you're doing lunges, instead of going straight down and straight up, if it's super easy for you, you might go down and then down again and then stand up. So you're adding a little bit more time where the muscle is working. There are lots of different ways that we can do this and if you reach out to me, I'm more than happy to share them with you, especially if you're somebody that's training at home. You can also add more um, repetitions as I've said and also more sets. So say you're doing doing a squat and then a shoulder press and you do one set, two sets, three sets and you still think "I I could do a little bit more, you can add a four set. You can go up to five sets. I probably wouldn't encourage doing any more than five sets. In that in that situation, if it's just simply too much of an easy workout for you, then you would definitely need to look at um, buy more weights. Other things that we can do is reducing the rest period, especially for people that are training at home. If you finish and you're taking a rest period of 30 seconds between exercises or one minute between exercises, because when we take that rest period, that gives our muscles time to... Um, What's the word? That gives our muscles a break so that they can continue with the exercise after being rested. But sometimes we don't need that rest because we haven't worked our muscles hard enough, so we don't need a longer rest, so we can take a shorter rest as well. So basically the takeaway is, if you are three to four weeks into a programme and nothing has changed and you've been consistent and you think that you've been adherent and and, and sticking to everything, then reach out and let me help you. And remember that we use scale weight, measurements, photos, um, as well as how our clothes fit energy and mood to um, track our progress. So it's not just um, dependent on one of those things. Thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to speaking to you in the next podcast.